from the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. December 14th, 2018, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios, a little brisk this morning, on the ones and twos, our illustrious engineer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. On the Skype line from Nashville, Tennessee, Tyler Huckabee. Merry Christmas to all my elves. <laughs> and all the way from the tundra of New York City, author, podcaster, speaker, and cowgirl extraordinaire, Annie F. Downs. Good morning, gents. Hey, I have a question. What Remind me of the, org, the origins of cowgirl extraordinaire. She broadcast two back-to-back episodes with us from the fine locale of San Antonio, Texas, home of a famous Silver Spurs rodeo. You were there for that, Jesse. <laughs> I know. I just forgot. It's easy to get lost. I like it, I like it's it's it so lost. much. The ongoing narrative here. It, right. It's easy to get all twisted. And tw- you know, you need, we need, I need a cheat sheet, honestly, right. of all of the, of all all the of subplots we got running e- here. Even a steel trap mind like <laughs> I have, it, it's possible to, to forget uh, That's fair. each and every reference. But I'm glad you reminded me. It is December 14th. We are in the throes of the Christmas season. And you know how I know? Last night, it became it dipped down to 50 degrees here in florida and we lit a fire for the first time i mean you're seriously for people's theater of the mind you're seriously dressed like it's 12 degrees in (laughs) florida you have on like a huge hoodie a sweater you're Mm -hmm. acting like it's zero degrees and you have more layers than i do on here in nashville the high today is a balmy 59 but uh Hey, hey, Floridians only get like four days a year, possibly, to bust out anything uh, warm. And so we uh, take full advantage. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, people are wearing Uggs and like full on like snow parkas walking down the street right now because it's like 49. So that's so funny. Yeah. Jesse, what's the warmest piece of clothing you own up there in Loverland? Oh, man. I don't I I have a an, an incredible like. George Costanza yeah, level puffy yeah. American flag coat. American that, flag. American flag. Well, well, it's it's American flag themed. It's blue, but it has a big red and white stripe right across the chest. So, uh, but it's not. It is not a lean piece of clothing. It yeah. is giant. It's like marshmallow puffy. You know. Yeah. And so if I get like if I got to take the garbage out on a really cold morning, morning, I'm wearing that. Not only uh, you know, am I warm, but I'm also celebrating freedom. Wait, and, you take uh, the garbage out in the morning before the trucks come in the morning? Yeah. Why yeah. not? No, 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 no. What Y'all are you doing, doing it wrong? What are you talking what about? What do you mean? You when take you it take out the, the night out? before. But then the neighbors have to stare at your trash cans all night. Yeah. Your neighbors sit up all night and stare at things in your driveway. Morning trash. What am I littering? Yeah. What am I? What am I just sticking trash all over the curb for the neighbors? Listen, no. I I will take the hardest stand on this. Y'all right. are all three doing this wrong. You should be taking garbage out the night before, getting it all collected up, rolling it down to the street, so you don't have to like collect up garbage at four thirty in the morning, so you can beat the six a.m. garbage truck. Fix me well, all. Of- 
it's it's a hot take right three there. minutes to get yeah. it out there. It's, three it's minutes? What it, three minutes? How far is your curb? It <laughs> takes me literally like 10 seconds. I'm like, talking about I mean, I'm talking I mean, the entire process of bagging it up. But you have to taking think about it in the, the morning. Can. If you don't well, if you wait till the morning, you have to think about it. Do you just have loose, <laughs> a loose pile of garbage? Absurd, yes. This is the most absurd opening to an episode ever. I have a question about Tyler. You have to go around to all the different rooms of your house, collect up all the garbage, take it all out. That is the last thing you do. On Very Tuesday easy. night, because the garbage truck comes Wednesday morning. I have mm. I have a total of two trash cans in the house. I don't know if you if in Annie F. Downs residence, if we got a trash can in every every room in the house. I have four or multiple. That sounds like a, I that thought like I knew overkill. you people that you would do things. <laughs> I thought you were rational, reasonable people, but Tyler just leaves piles of garbage around and waits till and he wakes up at the crack of dawn to spend That's an hour cleaning saying. his it's house. Not the every first thing I want to think about, I want to get up and drink my tea and sit calmly, and then. There goes the there goes the garbage truck. I'm really glad that I already thought it, about that and I haven't sound had to very romantic. walk yeah. outside. There, oh, there goes the garbage truck. Yeah, Just I'm not cold. I'm still wrapped up nicely in my pajamas and my robe and my socks and my tea. But Ductive. you yahoos are out there in it in the morning. Ductive. That's ridiculous. I bought this. Ductive. I bought this as you guys know because you were there this weekend. I bought this old house last year, and and when I moved in, it was totally original. Like it had all the original appliances and stuff, and it had all these like vintage things that were like high tech back in the late sixties. Like it had an yeah. intercom system still, uh, one of those central vac systems, and all the original appliances in the kitchen. And obviously, I replaced all the everything, but it had a old school trash compactor, which I never had at my previous home. And I thought, this is genius. And so I got a new trash compactor, put it in the same spot. And I'm telling you, my trash situation is I'd pile it up. You just, you know, flick a switch. It's keep smushing it, keep smushing it. And once a week, I take a brick of trash out, you know, and it's like, it's great. But it's you great. take it out the morning that you have to, that the garbage truck Like a hundred pounds. Yeah. But like, I've already done like That's the right. landfill's job for it. You know, I've yeah. come. It's like Wally at that point. That's what I'm saying. I love this thing. Like Wally. I, I yeah. didn't even know they still made trash compactors, but you know, there you go. They do. Have you ever, have you been tempted to put like something giant in there to see what will happen? Oh like, yeah. Oh, Cohen and I experiment with it all the time. I mean, you really? It, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, what happens if this goes in there and then, it just kind of didn't send, you know, it doesn't really do too much, but yeah. um, hey, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, one of our favorite indie groups, St. Paul and the Broken Bones joins us. They're yeah. also featured in the new issue of Relevant, but you're going to hear part of that conversation here on the show today. Um, and uh, it's our Friday episode. So, you know, it's our look back at what happened this week in culture and entertainment. It's time for In Case You Missed It. Hey, this week, in case you missed it, um, it was it was a, it was a sad day last week. Uh, one of our one of our presidents was laid to rest, um, George H. W. Bush, and his funeral had a few notable moments. Um, obviously, the the George Bush Michelle Obama candy handoff, the awkwardness yeah. of the Trumps with the former presidents. There's a lot of discussion, but something caught our eye that national media kind of overlooked. Oh, I can't wait to hear what Michael this is. W. Smith no. sang his classic single "Friends" at the funeral of George H. W. Bush. He, <laughs> he died at the age of 94 last week. So the Christian singer explained to CBN News that a few months ago he and his wife ran into the former president at a party, who made a very specific request to him after discussing what should be played at his funeral. Uh, Smith said, about the time we were leaving, he put his finger in the air and had that sparkle in his eyes and said, friends are friends forever. Deb and I walked out of there thinking this might be the last time that we see him. And uh, so there you go. He performed friends are friends forever at the funeral of H.W. Bush. Here is a clip of the performance. 
it's hard to let you go In the Father's hands we know That a lifetime's not too long To live as friends Okay, I have a friends, our friends forever take that yeah. I'm willing to, you know, I'm willing to receive the feedback. Uh, yeah, that, I, that, I mean, that. this is a hot tub take because the three of us were in the hot tub and you oh, went gosh. on for a solid 10 minutes yeah. about this clip. Listen, I think you need to share better. it with the people. <laughs> this, this feels Listen. more appropriate for the hot tub than the podcast. It's Friday. We're having it. We're lo- feeling loose. We're feeling, <laughs> I feel loose. I've been, I tubbed like three times in the last uh, uh, week and a half, which is more times than I have in like the last 15 years. I'm still loose from the tub. Let's um let's just all agree that yeah. Michael W. Smith's friends are friends forever because the Lord of is the Lord of them is an objectively terrible song. Like objectively. <laughs> like if you just look at it, no, you're not it barely rhymes. No. You know? It is the most cheesy. You love it. You're not going to get, well, you're not going to get me to say it's objectively terrible. For starters, Michael W. Smith is alleged not to be crossed. For okay. seconds, Rocket I would Rocket not. I fear no W. Yeah, that's because you don't live in the city. You don't live in the right city with him. I know him. He's around every corner. Can't say, we can't say anything. Here. We can't talk about him. <laughs> but it, it's Parker. as if he made up the song on the spot. Like, it's as if he was at a place somewhere. Oh, your hot tub hot takes are way Somebody's like, somebody's, I want you to write a song about friendship. And he's like, "Uh, okay, friends are friends forever. Um, The Lord's the Lord of them. Um, It's just like, it's so corny. Like, it sounds like a parody. The welcome will not end. Wait, yeah, it, Cameron and Tyler, or what were y'all saying when he was saying all this? No, no, his, his hot tub take was more like, about. The, the touching moment at the end of the song. Well, he did. It dubs gets choked up. And listen, it was a, it was a sentimental moment. But can we all agree? Like this wasn't like a, a you know, a tragedy. The man lived to be 94. Yeah. Like that's, that's a thing. long time. It's like, it like Michael W. Your hot tub take was 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 why is Michael W. Smith breaking down crying at the end of the song because when the he man make it it's not a tragedy. It's not a tragedy <gasps> because Jesse, he, lived a, he lived a, a full life of public service. He was ninety four years old. He celebrate that, that, him. I, I that was your hot tub. Ninety four should not be mourned. Should be celebrated. That was your hot tub hot take. Almost a hundred yeah. years. It's like yeah. you took a couple weeks off and you came back at just a hater, just a total <laughs> hater. I've always felt this about now, this song. I was. As you guys know, I was raised in the in right in the the cradle of like Christian culture, so I've never not known the Friends song. Like I've right. met, but I never same, had to learn it. like Pledge of Allegiance. I, I've just always <laughs> both came out of the womb ready to rock. I could sing That's it right. my, That's right. karaoke my entire life. Um, so it's really hard for me to weigh in objectively <gasps> on it because it'd be like weighing in objectively on like I don't know. I don't have. I don't even have the a national anthem for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah exactly. National yeah. like, but it's just it's a it's song. A song. But I do. This does make it makes me wonder if you ninety if many years from now you know death is coming, knocking at the door. Yeah, and and you're a, and you get the opportunity. You can have anyone. You're the former president of the United States. Yeah. There is no yeah, singer Pavarotti. or you can song have Pavarotti. that you can is have, yeah. that is. Uh, yeah, they'll get it for you at the funeral. Yeah, yeah, right, like reasonably, like bipartisan. Like there wasn't a lot of people that don't like him. You know what I mean? Like yeah, could, yeah. He's not any, this any singer, a, any song you could probably get. This is he this chose is a Michael bygone Lewis. era. Celine yeah. Dion. Yeah, anybody yeah. he chose. Michael if you want Lewis Celine, Smith. they'll they'll make it happen. If you want Kendrick Lamar, you know he'll he'll probably show up. Yeah, but I'm surprised that you know. 
God rest him. I'm surprised that President H.W. Bush went with Michael W. Smith's friends. It just seems like kind of a waste of resources, but I'm not going to judge his. That's his truth. He lived it. It's good and, for him. Annie, here's my thing. You're acting like you're acting like I've never been able to give objective takes about what many see as the glory days. I got in trouble with Brian Duncan on Twitter because of, I a, know. T- because of a similar day. Okay. I, I have given my, given my thoughts on Carmen. <laughs> I, I am not afraid. You're acting like this is the something idea, new. I am the, the only even one. the idea you put Carmen and Michael W. Smith in the same category. Annie, Annie <laughs> same I'm afraid. That's unbearable. Here's, That's unbearable. That true, I'm afraid. I am afraid that Jammer. I am the only one of capable of giving objective takes on this subject matter. Annie, you're too close to it. <laughs> Tyler, you live no. right in the heart of the beast. You know, <laughs> Cameron, you grew up with it. I am the only no, Chandler, Jesse. you as well. I yeah. am the only one who can objectively look at these songs and say, these are trash. <laughs> oh, oh my, my god! <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm no. sorry. Read the lyrics. We need Eddie. Can we get it? You know how we have that science mic button? Can we get an Eddie button? Because we really need an Eddie to speak into this. Because he would. Again, no, Eddie. Again, I'm giving you objectivity. Eddie didn't here. grow up in the Christian bubble either. He didn't really find out about Christian pop culture until college. He's, you know? he's very right. fond of it, but he's fond of it. Yeah, he's, he, he really. I'm just has saying, a Michael very W. Smith is, is an. Is an absolute legend, and if any three of you got to have Michael W. Smith sing at your funeral, you'd be out punting your coverage for sure. Hey, listen, I, I, I just want anyone who wants to send their hate mail or, or you know, takedowns of my hot takes, send it to I don't care. I'm never going to read it. <laughs> dot com right now. Make it, a, make it two thousand words. Send it. I don't care. I'm never going to read my, it. My parents com. tell this story. I, I, this is before I was born, but they tell the story still to this day. They tell the story about being in in, uh, in, in Estes Park, Colorado. They're at a Pizza Hut there, and they look over, and at the other table, Michael W. Smith, Stephen Curtis Chapman, Gary Chapman, Amy Grant, and Kathy Tricoli all at the same table what? sharing the same pizza. If you don't, for those of you who may not be, these names, you know, they sound Greek to you. This would be like seeing... George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Ronald it's a Reagan. Mount Rushmore like, situation. It's the, yeah. it's the Mount yeah. Rushmore. I mean, Kathy Tricoli, bring 80s, that 80s, one back. 90s Christian. And Christian you're saying singer. that your parents still talk about this Pizza Hut moment. It was it was a moment. It was probably like next, like after their wedding, it, the best moment of their entire life. But think, like ahead of you being born. Like, oh, like absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they don't yeah. talk about my the day I was born ever, but they yeah. talk about this moment in Pizza Hut every... I'm, I, I, one, I didn't up. know. I didn't know that the former governor was such a Pizza Hut fan. And two, <laughs> you didn't. I didn't know that didn't. he had such devotion to these these. Man, now I'm going to get artists. lost on a Kathy Tricoli Google deep dive. I wonder where she is these days. She's she's probably the least Mount Rushmore worthy. Did yeah, yeah, Kathy yeah. Tricoli become you know, a co-host she's, she's kind on, of a deep cut. on the 700 Club? Is she? No, didn't she? At, uh, for an era, Kathy Tricoli. One of the Christian pop star singers became a co-host on the 700 Club in that era. I mean, I don't know. We're all all looking to our left or looking up. We could just Google it real quick. Yeah, (laughs) it's very (laughs) Googleable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm too. Listen, Jesse, what are you going to do next time you're flying somewhere and Michael W. Smith is in the seat next to you? Are you going to say, "I need to tell you something"? I talk 
trash about you. It's not talking trash. It's objective criticism, it's Annie. Not. I, it's not about him you personally. Said, uh, friends are friends forever. Sounds like someone was just sitting there and thought it up on the fly. <laughs> it's a terrible song. Listen to the song again through my lens, not through someone. Annie, you're I will be the first to say I was surprised to hear it at a funeral like the rest of us. I would have thought for something. <laughs> it's not a funeral song. It's not it's a funeral not, song. It's, not a, it's, it's an not ode a to friendship. Song. It was not a, a celebration of life. It was a surprise. Bad funeral song. It was a bad surprise. It was an face. That part of it's what they Christian call Mount an, Rushmore. Annie, it's what they call an unpleasant surprise. <laughs> <laughs> no one was this expecting be- this. Like they had, he had the Marine Corps Orchestra orchestrate the song. He's at a piano. The Mar- we have Marines playing violins. How do you think those Marines feel? But they got to play friends are friends forever. Honored. The answer is they feel honored. They join the Marine Corps. They join the Marine Corps. Yeah. And they're like, I got to play this song. Oh man, you know this. Now, it, now we're getting into hot tub hot take territory because uh, okay. you you reenacting the th- the thought life of that <laughs> of orchestra a of a Marine. Yeah, yeah. Was, of, a, uh, of a United States Marine. <laughs> that we have is, nothing that for respect to, for it. That is forced to it, provide background strings it, for an objectively goofy song. If that any Marine, it's inappropriate for a funeral. It's inappropriate for inappropriate a for a funeral, not objectively goofy. I, I, I would like to. I stand corrected. Kathy Tricoli was not a former co-host of the Seven Hundred Club. I was thinking of Sheila Walsh. Sheila Walsh. Oh, Sheila Walsh. Oh, yeah, she's yeah. still Deeper around. Cut. She just from, wrote a book from eighty-seven Deeper to ninety-two. Cut. She was on oh, the Seven Hundred Club. There you go. Uh, do you remember Ben Kinchlow? Ben Kinchlow, mm-hmm. the co-host of the uh, the Seven Hundred Club in that era as well. Anyway, I'm on a, I'm on yeah. a Wikipedia page of Pat Robertson's stuff. But Jesse, if you could, if there was Jesse, if you were, if you, and I hope you do one day get the chance to serve our country as its president. (laughs) If if you were, but but when honest takes like this, Annie, I may, I because of the capability of saying of saying what what isn't popular but is true. The straight talk express coming through. Yeah, on that sad, that sad but inevitable day when you pass away. Who do you what 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 star do you want to come and with the Marine Corps band? play what what number do you want them to perform for your funeral it will be, i'll make sure it happens it will be the remaining members of acdc playing the out the black and the back and black album in its entirety twice. <laughs> did, did you twice. hear oh hey did you hear for real they're on their final tour and they're saying we're going out on top we're not going to do the rolling stones thing we're not coming back for a reunion tour 10 years from now we're done after this tour so they can't do it man they can't play. They're dispersing. They would come out of retirement for a former president. If the former president of the United States asks them, I think they'll find it in their hearts <laughs> yeah. to. They're getting federal yeah. funding at that point. Oh, yeah. But that was about to rock. <laughs> oh, we my God. salute you. And imagine that moment. Everyone rises from the seat as yeah. a hologram of me you. is next to an American flag and everyone just saluting. What sense is having friends or friends forever. And then I want cannons going funereal. off. Yeah. Jesse, to be fair, if your funeral wasn't like this, people would know you weren't involved. Like exactly. if your funeral was normal and sweet they would and quiet, people would be like, he didn't know this We're was coming. The wrong one. He didn't Andy, know. What, Andy, what would your song be? Would you Would you want friends? You know who I would love is Josh Groban. I love Josh Groban. I would love Groban. for him to sing at my funeral. I think he has such a lovely voice. He yeah, I don't like want my good... friends to have to do anything. And because I'm allergic to dairy, I've said for a long time that I want afterwards, I want there to be pizza and ice cream because that's what I'm going to be eating in heaven. So I want all of oh, you guys sure. to have a lot of pizza and ice cream right afterwards. I'll it's make sure like I'm, I'm taking these notes down. Josh Groban seems like a good funeral singer. Like Thank he would you. do it more sense, too, yeah. you know, than Michael so W or ACDC. Yeah. Like I would, 100%. I could have seen Groban at, at the HW funeral. I mean, that would have made sense with the no, orchestra. It would have been a logical choice and not seeing <laughs> a song about like friendship because 
None who of us friends, was friends. Who is yeah? Who is friends with the president? That was my who's only his, thing. Who's his peer exactly? Yeah. What friend is he going to be forever friends with? I mean, like yeah. I, don't, I like right. Because he's not. He's not on the list of good hang presidents. You know what I mean? A president's like, hey, if I just ran into them at like a restaurant, that'd be a good hang. I put W and Obama in that category, like yeah. Teddy Roosevelt, like just dudes that are like politics aside, just seem like cool to hang out with. HW yeah. definitely not. I think there. we missed George. I thought I think we missed HW's like oh, we didn't I didn't know him in his like forties and fifties. Right. He's like the president we, I have the least amount of connection of the living presidents. Yeah. Right. I, I just I, I I don't remember him at all. So I don't know if I wanted to hang out with him. But he doesn't fall into that like, yeah, you could go get a burger with the guy and it'd be a good Jimmy time. Carter would be fun to like sit with and like have boiled peanuts with and like talk. But yeah. he's not gonna like make me laugh like W or Obama, yeah. I don't think. Yeah, I feel That's like I'm hanging true. out with an old pastor. You know, right, right, no, right, right, no right, offense, right, right. But I'm gonna play a little safe. Talking talking play a little safe you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> yes. think George W. is. We're gonna meet at an Applebee's or something. Sorry, Chandler, a Chili's. We're gonna <laughs> meet at a go. Chili's. Exactly. It's That's gonna right. be like real casual and real funny, and everybody's He's gonna be mowing happy down some sliders and it's like, hey, yeah. come take a yeah, seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think George W. is more of a Texas Roadhouse guy. Oh yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Don't you? Applebee's oh, yeah, just seems a little too a little too like highfalutin for yeah. George W. Bush. Yeah, like, that's yeah, a good I don't know. They got all those weird too many forks on the side. Like just give yeah. me just give me a, a, give me a steak knife and somewhere where it's appropriate to throw food on the ground. Texas right. Roadhouse. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Outback> maybe. <laughs> well now you got me thinking about funerals and, and what would your what, do you know what your song would be, Cameron? No, no, we got no, a question no. of the week. I've never I've literally never yeah. thought of this. Like I've I have no clue. I've thought, of, I've thought of wedding. I've thought of like what would be the dream band to play at a wedding. Like yeah. to me, that'd be like Johnny Swim. Like yeah. I think they would really? be incredible. Really? Johnny Swim's your dream wedding? I, I think they'd music? be incredible. I, I honestly, like one day if I get married again, I, the night before the wedding, I want to, instead of a rehearsal dinner, I want to do like a concert for all my friends who came in town. Okay, have, so like, that makes sense for Johnny Slim, but now you're like wedding band. No, 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 no. I'm talking about like chemistry. It'd be very romantic. Yeah. I, yeah. I like it. Yeah, I think, and then like maybe for part of the reception, like have Johnny Swim do so. That's fine, and then you got to kick it up a notch and have Chandler DJ and throw uh, down. You know, that's what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying, Chandler. Yeah, there's a party. No, but like, going but think about the night before a wedding to have like a, like a kind of a private concert, rent a little theater. You know, have like a lineup of like really cool bands like doing doing stuff. I don't know. I think it'd be fun. Okay, I'm down with that. I like that idea. Yeah. I don't want it. I don't want them to be in charge of. And next up, we're going to head over and cut the cake, oh, no, everybody. No, 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 so, no, 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 yeah, no. I don't want them to be in charge of that. Oh, no, never. No, you'd have... Uh, but the night after. before, that's fun. Yeah, you got to have like a, a really cool MC. Like, I don't know. Who'd be, fu- who'd be fun? You got to have like a comedian, like John Christ or somebody do it. Yeah. yeah. Somebody yeah. Who, can, who can riff. Kind of like I what you have. I would have. What's what's the roast guy? Um, Triumph the insult comedy. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Work the room uh, a little. Yeah, I like I know you're talking about. I can't remember his name either. Yeah, yeah. He, he's got curly hair. He, the only thing he does is roast. You don't want someone who will roast you as your MC. You just want someone no, who's. I want. I want my nice guests roasted. I want my guests oh, roasted. roasted. <laughs> brutally, this, this brutally roasted. roasted. We're talking about your funeral, Jesse. Yeah, like I was a, ro- say. a funeral <laughs> roast. I want. I want. My funeral will be a roast, except no one's permitted to say anything bad about me or they will be forcibly removed <laughs> by the Marines by the U.S. Marine Corps show some respect <laughs> Jeff Ross 
And Jeff Ross Jeff is in scene, and he's, yeah, and he's yeah. roasting oh. all of you. Yeah. But don't you dare speak ill of the dead, if it's especially if the dead person is big. <laughs> if I still know how to um, how to use a computer when you die, I'm gonna make a slideshow with pictures of you and use the song "Friends or Friends Forever" and just let it go viral, just everywhere. <laughs> that's oh, yeah, desecrating, totally that's desecrating that. my memory. Is what yeah, that that's exactly right. That's the goal. That's the goal. I want people to so remember this song. So, but see, but see, Jesse, you're the problem is you're you're probably gonna die young. I mean, I just I mean. Let's just assume oh, that one of one of your one of your one of your experiments. Oh my gosh, you guys! Uh, no, but listen, Cameron's familiar with my rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> we've we put ourselves in harm's way many, many, many times, and yeah. and one of them's just going to catch up with you, you know. Oh, so I think no, Annie's I offer slash threat is a real likelihood that your yeah, friends, real, it'll myself be like 50 included, years is my guess. 50? Jesse's like a cat. He's just going to keep surviving the stupid stuff. Uh, but like I said, Annie, you you haven't you haven't seen me at the height of my, you know, I don't even call it recklessness. I just call it living life the men, the way it's meant to be lived. What's going to happen yeah. is we go and watch Nick Walinda do the tightrope in Chicago and and it's going to just evolve that Jesse's going to be like, I'm going to try that. You know, yeah. like the, one of these or like this, ma- the magician that oh, I'm going to try that. Like there, yeah. there's going to be a thing that one of the things he's fascinated with, he's just going to give it a go and then realize why he should have just left it prof- to professionals. Yeah. And, and it's going to it's it's a blaze of glory, Annie. Like, Man, you know, have I told you all the story that a few years, a few years ago, my friend Harris, the magician, accidentally set his face on fire on Fourth of July. That's what? Jesse. Yes. <laughs> have I told you this? Jesse? No. What happened? Harris, the magician. Yeah. yeah. You know him. He lives in East Nashville. Is that his? Don't is that his him. stage name? Harris, Harris the, the third is his name. I don't know him. I like I like Moro Dante's what name. To his face? Yeah, yeah. Moro Dante. How did he set his face on fire? Right. So he it's it's a little bit my fault because <laughs> oh. he was teaching oh, no. us how to spit fire. And how to like? Did you, did you spit fire onto Harris the magician's face? No, he, <laughs> I, it, it, he put the fuel in his mouth, and when he went to spit it out, some of it dribbled down his chin oh, and set no. on fire. And he grabbed, a, and he's doing it to teach me. So he's doing it slower than he normally does. But you it. would think, but you would think. You know, a, a seasoned fire spitter would not allow that to yeah, happen. Yeah, this sounds this sounds like Harrison. I don't think you need to take any blame of this. No, on, no, no. Yeah, I'm telling you, yeah. he's you should watch. He's unbelievable. He does not make mistakes. I, I don't doubt it. Was it yeah. of me. Either way, it, it, he it, and then he wipes his face with a cloth that had fuel on it, and so it oh, spread oh no. um the fuel all across his face, and it set his face on fire. Is he it alive? Was really? Yeah, yeah. It was really scary though. I mean, it was like it immediately peeled off. Yeah, it was super gross. I will say he's alive, but he can Wait, no longer he, see speaker here. Is he, and, uh, is he, is he <laughs> scarred? He can do all of them. And is he scarred? Like, does uh, he have no, a scar? amazingly, because he went... So, so this is the thing, you guys. He immediately got on the phone with like a doc, a magician doctor. Like, apparently there's like... <laughs> A special. I know Jesse. Y'all should have seen Jesse's eyes. Just got huge. Story. How long have you been on this podcast? You've been sitting on a train. You know about There's magic, magic doctor. Doctor. It's like, it's like the mob yeah. doctor who's actually like a yeah. quote unquote veterinarian, and they need off when when a mobster yeah. needs like off the w- books. You know, bullet removed. They yep. bring him to him. So you're telling me? Please tell me he's unlicensed too. Yeah. Like, no, this know. is someone. This name. is someone who anything. was like. He was like expelled from med school for doing, you know, magics in the more in the mortuary or something. No, like, I don't know. OK, Is so taking so, the Hippocratic oath or like what? I, no, I th- he's a real. I mean, I think he's a, all I know is that the his Harris's wife says to me, we're going to call that. We're going to call the doctor 
And then it ends up being a doctor who deals with all sorts of magician kind of mistakes in, uh, or magician kind of injuries. Yeah. And so because he stepped in so quick and told Harris what to do, um, he has no scars, even though, I mean, it literally like the next day he, his, it was like a goatee that was just, uh, bare flesh. Like it was like his skin had oh. burned off and it was just the next layer of flesh. I want to know, I want to know how many, how many bodies of that this, magician doctor has just sewn together in in right. classic uh, all the ones that have been sawed in half how many assistants yeah. how many how many lovely assistants he's had to sew back together <laughs> after after horrible mistakes I need to call Harris and ask him again I'll ask him again what the who the doctor is or what I'd the story be interested is, in this in this career path actually like I didn't know because I have like a doctor my dad, to magicians my dad's a physician and obviously he was very disappointed that I didn't follow him into the field and instead chose to go into the thriving career of journalism but <laughs> but if I had known that there was an option for magic doctoring I would be like much more interested I, I probably could be convinced to consider that as a career path although I don't know if my dad would be any more proud of me if I was <laughs> <laughs> the same level of, I don't know, maybe it has more prestige in the medical community. I'm not aware of yeah. the patients taking place. They're, there. they're highly respected. They're high because they, I mean, they step in and prevent scarring. And, I mean, well, listen, when yeah. someone disappears and doesn't reappear, <laughs> it's a, I mean, they're, they're using alchemy medicine uh, yeah. that you don't even want to know level. about, to be right, honest right, with right, you. Right, right. Yeah. They're dabbling in some dark things. Let's yep. just say that. In case you missed it uh, this week, Chance the Rapper announced that he's taking a sabbatical to go study the Bible. He announced this in an Instagram post. He said he's leaving the country for a while. And he said, I'm going away to learn the word of God, which I am admittedly very unfamiliar with. I've been brought up by my family to know Christ, but I haven't taken it upon myself to really just take a couple of days and read my Bible. We all quote scripture and tell each other what God likes and doesn't like, but how much time do we spend as followers of Jesus to really read and know his word? I'm definitely guilty of not devoting time to it. He later posted an image of a page of his devotional he's reading called A Diary of Private Prayer by the late Reverend John uh, Bailey. Uh, There's no word yet on how long his sabbatical will last. That is so cool. What does that mean? Good a sabbatical from what? Making music and performing? Yeah, from, yeah right. He's going yeah. out of the country. He's uh, doing. He's chappelling it uh, to go. Super study I don't scripture. think he's chappelling it. I think it's going to be a little different. <laughs> I mean, Chappelle didn't stay that long. I mean, he yeah. if he if you hear him tell the story, he just stayed for like a month or two. He also you know? didn't go just to read the Bible. No, that's true. So, well, he's a doing a Christian a Chappelle. Story. He's pulling a Christian Chappelle. I like it. Yeah, yeah good yeah. on chance. I, I think that's awesome. I think that's a super cool thing to do. It's it's inspiring. It is inspiring. I actually, yeah, it was challenging. It was, it was a good, a good. What is it, so what does it look post. like for a normal person like us to do something? I mean, we don't get to take two months of our lives or however many months and disappear just to go read the Bible. So how does a normal person question. have an experience like that? Cause all of us would say that's what we want. We would all say that we want to understand the Bible better and read it for, and know it better. How do we actually execute that? You when could, I You can't? could like exchange Netflix time for Bible time, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, I feel like if people really have the desire, they could, you know, just find in it in the evenings or something. Just read the Priorities. Bible. Yeah. yeah. Almost yeah. like you know. fasting something in your routine to devote yeah. that yeah. time to scripture. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people do stuff like that for Lent, you know? Yeah. 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 I quit. Did I tell you story that I quit watching Insta stories for Advent? Have I told you all this? No. Oh, Is that a big I sacrifice? Ju- 
Yeah. I mean, I'd spend a ton of time, just kind of not a ton of time, but I was realizing that I was like not falling asleep at night because I was watching Insta stories, you know, and it was harder for me to wake up in the mornings and I just would waste time watching Insta stories. And I thought, man, Advent is supposed to be about like waiting and sitting and, and being expectant. And I'm filling all of my sitting time with holding my phone in my hand. And so I've just muted everybody. And so none of them even show up for me. Oh, wow. And so it, you can, um, you it can mute been, all. You can mute all. I no, mean, you, you have to go, go one by one. And by oh, hand. really? You have to. Oh, it's yes. hard. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Luckily, I've had a lot of airplane time lately. So I'm just going through and <laughs> listening to podcasts and muting. But, um, but it so is you did been, this day one of Advent. This, yeah, you, yeah. This started. Yeah. How's it been and going? I, it's, it has been interesting to see my inclination and when I go to pull it out and just waste time. And I go, no, what's the other things you could do right now? Like, what what is this time supposed to be about? And I think Angry it'll help birds. me. Right, right. It's supposed <laughs> to be about Candy Crush. If I'm ever going to catch up to Cameron, three stars up to level twenty seven. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even know people still had Angry Birds on their phone. Do you really oh, still have it on your phone? Oh, yeah. they have. It. Who knew? You still so, play it? Yeah. Do I still play it? Yeah. I mean, I'll dabble. There's something I don't know. I don't know. There's something about the the geometry of it. You know. The, the physics, it's just very oh, satisfying. Yeah. As, as yeah. Satisfying. Back to, Having the right angle. It goes yeah. back to your theory. Dad's like angles. We love yeah. angles. <laughs> I mean, it's a little life through the filter of angles, you know, and Angry Birds fulfills that. There you go. Hey, in case you missed it, uh, this week, Kanye West gave you version a major shout out. In a tweet, the controversial rapper, designer, and sometimes political commentator posted a link to Hebrews 3, 12, and 13 on the Bible reading site, explaining that it was his favorite app. Uh, the Bible reading app is one of the world's most popular, and it's been downloaded more than 350 million times. So the verse he uh, posted reads, Take care, brothers, lest there be uh, in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. As it is said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as in the rebellion. So Bobby Grunwald is a life church pastor and the founder of Uversion. He seemed to appreciate the shout out. He subtweeted Kanye saying, my favorite app too. I like it. That. that would be that would be a cool that would be an interesting evening out bobby greenwald and kanye west you know <laughs> <laughs> kanye seems to chameleon well, to whoever he's around so it may not be so interesting do you i mean you know bobby greenwald back in the late 90s was a christian rapper was he really i what? did not know that releasing albums and everything he was under a, what moniker uh, i actually don't know i bet you could google it real quick um, yeah, he, he, he went from that to then working, he like worked on a music website, like in the late nineties before the dot com bust. And cause he was a rapper, a Christian rapper. And then he sold, he sold the Christian music website to, to a company in Nashville. That was when I was covering Christian music. I remember the website and the sale of the website. So he cashed out oh, wow. right before the dot com bust, right? He had all this dot com money. And then he started, you know, like investing in other businesses, huh. made a lot of money. And then that's when he went to go because he didn't need a job anymore. He went to volunteer at Life Church to do you version. So he made all this tech He's money. Brilliant. He made yeah, all this tech cool. money because he was Smart a Christian guy. rapper. Wow. So there you go. So maybe they could wow. hang out. Him that's and a crazy story. Him. How that's did I not impressive. know that? That's like yeah. a that's a very interesting like Christian business drama. Yeah. 
it, it appears it, it appears that his, <laughs> his band was called CBE Christ before like B yeah. and then the number, the number for four, everything. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say I think it's Christ for everything. Now that you Christ say that, for, I totally remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that's I, I'm waiting for his biopic at one point, at some point, you know? The before everything. That's Kinda what like it's the called. Mark Zuckerberg one. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's called Before Everything. Let's get Steph and, Curry and on his, it. And it's his origins. Yeah. Get Steph Curry on it. I like it. <laughs> right? I just feel like now you just couldn't want to make a movie and you call Steph Curry and it's done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, in case you missed it, uh, Chris Pratt preached a mini Christmas sermon at Disneyland this week. I was uh, there. You were there for it? Yes, I was in Disneyland <laughs> oh, when he did that. We had our roving reporter on the ground. I know. Wow. You didn't even ask me. I just was enjoying myself. Go ahead. The, uh, the actor was a guest at the at Disneyland's Christmas-themed candlelight ceremony. Throughout the event, uh, Pratt read the Christmas story from the book of Luke between songs. And along with the Bible reading, he opened up about what the New Testament story of Christ's birth means to him as a father himself. Here's a clip. For me, being a parent has really changed my life in, in so many ways. And, and one of those ways is to understand truly the love that a father can have for a child. And when I stare at this precious little creation of mine here, and I watch the ways in which he tries to please me, I just feel a love that is, that is so pure and unending. And the way we love our children and the more we love our children, the more we will understand the capacity for our Father in Heaven to love us. Each and every one of us, a precious creation, and He just marvels in the ways in which we could try to please Him. That should give us all a great deal of comfort. I know it does for me. This holiday season, let us embrace every one of our tomorrows with hope and love. And through this holiday spirit, may we continue to spread peace and goodwill throughout the world. Thank you and Merry Christmas! Wow. I'm inspired. I hey, you know who's speaking at my funeral? Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. <laughs> Chris Pratt is coming on. He can after sing ACDC. whatever song he wants. He yeah. can get, get Mouse Rat back together. <laughs> so, do you know about this? So they do it at Disney in Orlando as well. They've done this my entire life. They, this candlelight processional. What it is is they have uh, a huge choir singing the traditional Christian religious Christmas songs orchestra. And then they have a celebrity narrator reading the, the, the Christ birth story from Luke two, like word for word. Right. So everyone I've ever been to, they never go off script like that. They never, they never preach. They just read the scripture, but it's, it's like, okay, I'm going to read some of the celebrities who do this. Helen Hunt this year, Alfonso Ribeiro, uh, John Stamos, Neil Patrick Harris, Whoopi Goldberg, Blair Underwood, Gary Sinise, Pat Sajak, Joey Fatone, Cal Ripken Jr. I mean, it just goes on and on. <laughs> this is the craziest thing to me. Like Disney is such a secular, non-religious entity. They do this right. Bible reading religious service every night, two yeah. shows a night. Is it every night or is it, I thought it was just weekends. No, it's every night. 
uh, in Orlando, it's every night, two shows okay. a night. I mean, it is it is a deal. It is a big deal. And they do this every year, and I, I can't figure out why. And then, it like, there's a wrench in the Hollywood really hates Christians narrative. Right. Yeah. Which Chris, yeah. Chris yeah. Pratt keeps talking about. Chris Pratt keeps saying Hollywood doesn't hate Christians as much as everybody says they do. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's, but it's like, I, I find it very strange that they do this too, and not in a bad way. I'm just very surprised. It just really, I, I'm very surprised that it, that it adds up the way it does, but it always seems very cool. People seem very moved by it. I've never been to one, but it I've was only really heard good beautiful. reviews. Yeah, I mean, stick around and hear the whole thing. We made a beeline for Peter Pan, but you missed a lovely I, I got sermon. there on an off night. It was ladies and gentlemen, the runner up of 2011's America's got talent. And now <laughs> NBA halftime duo, quick change and it was fan- i mean they were changing outfits in a blink of an eye while reading the book of luke it was fantastic i mean no I'd offense like but if you seen. showed up on the cal rimkin jr night instead of the chris pratt night that feels like a real downgrade don't you, how dare you how dare I mean, you he's a great the man baseball has, player i guess right or a gary sinise night or a pat sajak right, night pat sajak right. doesn't be the joey fatone night i want to i want joey fatone I'd show to read up for me the christmas on purpose story. on the joey fatone all the names night. i just read are orlando people not the la that ones feels, but yeah, sure, all, these are all sure. orlando but uh, the other thing too is like they take over um it's at epcot because there's a huge theater at epcot that's where they do it and yeah. they take over the whole park with like music and stuff and so like as you're walking around like last year uh just walking summer there was a a black gospel choir and they were having a worship service in the middle of the park i'm not talking about like a gospel performance i'm talking about an actual worship service arms lifted people praising and worshiping god in the middle of epcot in the afternoon during the christmas season it was the most Insane it's on Main thing. Street in Disneyland. I mean, it is the center of yeah. everything. It is. Yeah, bizarre. it used to be at Magic beautiful. Kingdom the same, like the singing Christmas tree and all that. They do. They moved it to the theater because it it it, it overran it. Like it got too big, you know. So they moved it to Epcot. It's just it's unbelievable, and I'm glad they're doing it, and I'm glad they've been doing it my entire life. I mean, it's really cool. Where yeah. else are you going to go to hear the Christmas story, a candlelight vigil? Worship and Craig T. Nelson read the Bible. It is, <laughs> it is, it is random. Some of the I, I saw the one cast year of Coach. Anyway, uh, hey, and lastly, in case you missed it uh, this week, John Stewart and Stephen Colbert got into an interesting discussion about their favorite Bible characters. Uh, it wouldn't be an episode of In Case You Missed It if we didn't have a Stephen Colbert reference. Jesse, without you here, uh, I'll be honest. The Stephen Colbert beat did trail a little bit. Uh, Listen, he's reliably he reliably gives us kind. Of, I had a whole thing with our team. I was like, the guy is reliably giving us an amazing content. Why, what do I do? Faith and culture doesn't happen. Yeah, no, it's yeah. section of faith and culture. It's our beat. Uh, so recently on the Late Show, uh, Colbert flipped the script and had his guest John Stewart host and interview him. Uh, the conversation between the two old friends took an interesting turn, however, when Stewart asked Colbert about his favorite Bible characters. Uh, Stewart informed the audience that in addition to hosting the late night show, uh, Colbert is a noted substitute Sunday school teacher, uh, which we've talked about many times. Uh, Colbert initially chose Aaron because he said Moses gets all the ink, but Aaron actually led everybody because Moses had uh, the stutter. You know, uh, oh, yeah. Stewart then talked about how he admired Isaac. Uh, however, uh, Colbert changed his answer to Job because despite all of his suffering, he never curses God. Here's a clip. Because wow. he does not curse God. No, he doesn't. Because he, he, he endures. He, he endures all, even though his neighbors are saying, like, curse God and die. What are you doing? 
And you, you, ever read, uh, you ever read JB by Archibald MacLeish? Ha- of course, I stay in a lot of hotels. Okay. <laughs> well, in it, in the it's one of my favorite poems. In it's 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 a poem and it's a play in verse yes. by Archibald MacLeish, and uh, who is the poet laureate of the United States. And he actually wrote this play where Zuss and Nichols, who are God and 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 Satan, are like talking about. Hast thou seen my servant Job? Like, well, they're going to test him. So Nichols, who's Satan, comes back after everything's been taken from Job. And, and basically Zuss, whose God goes, so what uh, What'd you think down there? And he goes, what'd he do? And he goes, he didn't curse you. And, he sa- and this is what uh, Nichols says to him. I heard upon his dry dung heap that man cry out who cannot sleep. If God is God, he is not good. If God is good, he is not God. Take the even, take the odd. I would not sleep here if I could. But for the little green leaf in the wood and the wind on water. And that is the gratitude you have to have in life, no matter what dung heap you lie on. Let me, here's wow, you could hear a pin drop. I know. And he, I mean, what you don't know from us just listening to it is he did that by heart. He, yeah. like, he had that poetry committed, memorized. Committed JB to memory. Yeah. That's so cool to me. Have you guys read JB? It's a really wonderful. It's, of course, I didn't I've know about it until a couple of years ago. But, <laughs> but it's a really, it's a really lovely poem, like, like stage poem. Uh, that that takes Job and kind of like it's kind of putting it in modern context, but kind of just also just a poem uh, that I had no idea existed until I read it a few years ago, and it really moved. It's a very moving story. I actually saw uh, Jerry Van Dyke um, read it at Disney a few years ago. Wow, <laughs> I mean, it was just something else. A he's, a, he's a riot. He's a he's a riot. <laughs> he brought a new he brought a new angle to it, and a little yeah, life D- to Dick it. Gets all the ink. it up. Dick yeah. gets all the ink, but yeah. Jerry's a comic genius. You know? <laughs> hey, uh, that'll do it for in case you missed it. Stay tuned. Up next, St. Paul and the Broken Bones joins us. podcast you heard mid myd with the sun well today's show is brought to you by the church home global app it's a place where you can connect with people all around the world have honest discussions and create meaningful relationships all from your phone with church home global not only can you watch teachings by judah smith but there are a lot of other great resources available in the app for example there's a great feature called the daily spark which is just a quick way to start your morning positively. A little bit more productive than getting sucked into a black hole on Instagram before you get out of bed. Church Home is not about excluding people. It's about, and it's not about being perfect. It's about being together where everyone's welcome. You can download the free Church Home Global app today and join Church Home's growing community. You can find the app by searching Church Home on the App Store or Google Play. It's spelled C-H-U-R-C-H-O-M-E. Or text RELEVANT to 555-888 for a direct download link that's RELEVANT to 555-888. 
Well, their new album, Young Sick Camellia, is St. Paul and the Broken Bones' first in a trilogy of albums in which frontman Paul Janeway explores how his family tree and his religious Southern roots shaped him as a person and as an artist who fronts the acclaimed soul-inspired indie band. In the new issue of Relevant, we spoke with uh, Paul about the album and why telling personal stories of faith and doubt is so important. Here's part of our conversation with St. Paul and the Broken Bones. I know that you have uh, obviously very Southern origins and this project is, is coming out of a lot of the connections that you feel with that place and, and maybe some of the tensions you feel. So just, just to kind of paint a picture here, could, could you kind of illustrate the context behind this record and, and some of those feelings that you associate with it? Well, I think, I think part of it is, is just, the idea that just through the lens of me as a person and understanding understanding that this is the environment I grew up in and understanding that, you know, I grew up in a predominantly conservative area, uh, very religious. Um, church was kind of the social epicenter. Sure. Um, also, also, just the idea of kind of being taught certain things culturally. Um, and, and some of it being good and some of it being bad and, um, and trying to swim through those and trying to find your own identity, which is definitely wrapped up in being from Alabama, you know, uh, yeah. which with a lot of people has a sense of pride, um, and the complication with that. And, 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 uh, so it's kind of through my lens as far as that. And also the idea of these relationships, you know, my grandfather and father, you know, are from Middlesbrough, Kentucky and from Alabama. And so it's, it's, um, kind of entrenched, um, culturally in me and part of the identity and something that, you know, they, <laughs> they, they have an accent so you can't escape the identity of it you can't you know <laughs> which a lot of people lose their accent yeah um and then try to and and uh, it's just something that has never happened and i've tried and i can't get rid of it <laughs> um <laughs> so just kind of just kind of navigating those waters which is uh can be a bit treacherous bit about your 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 dad and and your grandpa if you don't mind i know they're going to be uh they're they're central to this project and are going to be central going forward what were those two men like um well my my grandfather uh worked uh at a, as a mechanic probably every i don't know i mean every day of his life <laughs> <laughs> i mean never 
never um never you know never went on vacation you know my dad grew up in a single wide trailer and and uh didn't grow up with much and so that's how my papa you know he was tough um you know tough not a not a uh, hugger or someone who would say i love you or or anything of that way and you kind of did what he wanted to do or or he you know make sure you did and uh and um so yeah so that was he was just kind of a hard you know he showed you know his i guess his love through work and that's that's what he did i mean he worked i mean they had to make him retire in the 70s um, because he wouldn't quit wow (laughs) and uh and he just yeah um and that's just how he grew up he grew up in Millsboro, Kentucky, um, you know, um, didn't grow up with much, and and, and my dad was kind of the same way, um, but they they had a a tough relationship, you know, they never, and I think what was interesting is watching my father kind of try and rid himself of some of those tendencies. Okay. You know, because my dad, but my dad never was really warm. You know, like me and my dad don't don't hug or <laughs> you know what I mean. And yeah, he, totally. You know, there was there was there was definitely um, an anger there um, that you had to deal with, and sure. and 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 uh, and so, but you just felt like he was watching him, and I think what's been really interesting about all this is watching him try to navigate those things and uh and he's you know my dad my dad is a caring person you know um but he just it's it was it's never in an affection in the way that you know like you know like like you give somebody a hug or tell them you love them or things like that and then me going through some of that yeah and trying to you know um and um but i mean they're they uh complicated people uh, my papa was <laughs> just I don't know I, 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 I he's a he was just an interesting person I mean just very hard working and and had a lot of guns and <laughs> you know, like just came from a you know like his his dad had the black you know had like the black lung and and, wow. and my mom my mom Edith was um tough 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 I mean, as my 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 papa described his mother as me, and if he is, I can't imagine them. Um, so just a really like chip on the shoulder, um, you know, the world's against me. I'm gonna, you know, I'm I'm gonna blast through mountains and that kind of thing, which you know is is, is something that I have. Yeah, uh, this is kind of ingrained in my DNA, and it's just there's always a chip, and always like, you know, trying to prove myself in whatever capacity. So as as you are 
filtering through all these uh, ideas and emotions in the songwriting on the on the record, they manifest in these really cool images. You there's kind of some space stuff going on, and there's some horror movie stuff, and there's a lot of hurricanes and storms and all this. And I'm wondering how does how does all of this feeling get to those images? What drew you toward those? places well i'm always drawn to storms even in my church days you know it is well with my soul you know the idea of being being in a storm or i've been in the storm too long or uh you know i stood on the banks of jordan um songs that deal with storms there was a quote that i always I always kind of, I was obsessed with, um, and it was said about Angie Jackson, but I always kind of thought of my family this way. It was like, I was born for the storm. Wow. And and I, I just, I think about, um, I think about my family, and I'm, I'm always, so I, a lot of that imagery comes up through that um, I, I, storm you know I, I actually had my papa describe the word storm in different and so a lot of that imagery of storms is something that I've always been obsessed with and it's kind of honestly like is is something that shows up pretty consistently in my songwriting and lyrically and it's, it's in this one I was obsessed with that quote so I, you know hurricane the dynamite and um, yeah, and then and things like that. So there's 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 a lot of I love any song about storms. Like even you know I'm not deeply religious, but even when I hear you know still hear those songs about storms, and I've been in the storm too long, or it still brings something out of me uh, emotionally. And so you still feel that somewhat spiritual connection with those songs. So um, I've always been attracted to that. But um, the idea of space, um, you know, the the mentality is you want to use imagery about, you know, things above ground. And and as and this is kind of the idea of the three part is that it's kind of above ground and with space and kind of me feeling somewhat isolated the isolation space um but also kind of head in the clouds or the idea of um yeah just of just just you know kind of being weird (laughs) and being isolated (laughs) and feeling that way at times um that's that's what the space imagery um and then also and and so you know the idea of like you know i want the the second part more my father to be about about the land and the ground and, and the dirt um and the formation of that and then my grandfather told me a quote before he passed that he would just go he was kind of like like a caravan you know he just moved from trailer to trailer and moved the family to, to go through so he could blast through any mountain he could work on equipment and go underground anytime he could do that um, and so the idea is to have that be more present underneath and so to kind of have those three layers.
That was St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Make sure to check out their new album, Young Sick Camellia. It's out now. And uh, read the profile on them in the new issue of Relevant. Sleigh bells ring, are you listening? In the lane, snow is glistening. A beautiful sight, we're happy tonight. Walking in a winter wonderland. Gone away is a bluebird. Here to stay is the new bird. He sings a love song as we go along. Walking in a winter wonderland. Seattle University School of Theology and Ministry is pleased to announce the introduction of a new academic degree program. The Master of Arts is a flexible program for students to have the freedom to research the intersection of religion and spirituality with other academic disciplines such as history, healthcare, psychology, social sciences, law, and more. Scholarships are available. Learn more about the MA and all of our other degrees by visiting seattleu.edu forward slash stm forward slash degrees. You're listening to Lauren Daigle. The song is Winter Wonderland. It's off her uh, Behold Christmas album. Highly recommend it. Okay, it's time for your feedback, except last Friday we went live and we didn't do a question of the week. Uh, If you haven't listened to last week's Christmas Spectacular, you should go do it. Uh, Join Tyler Huckabee's parents and tuning in. Uh, they, uh, they listened for some reason. Um, hey, so uh, instead of bringing your Lots feedback, of shout out to the former governor of Arkansas. This episode. Right. Love you, dad. <laughs> see, uh, see you, sis. Yeah. All right. We're going to, but it's time for this week's editorial question. Okay. So uh, earlier in the show, Jesse was giving us a hot tub, hot take about his thoughts about friends of friends forever. Uh, a song that many, many people love popular for decades and and he just doesn't get it. He doesn't get why it's popular. He thinks it's not as good of a song as everybody makes it out to be. That's his hot hot tub hot take. Yeah. Uh, we want to know what other popular songs. And we're not just saying Christian songs. But what other popular songs that you that your whole life people have loved and you just don't get it. You just don't like this song. Um, we want to know your hot tub hot take on songs that are popular but you think are terrible. And remember, remember artists. Don't have feelings. They're not real people. <laughs> be as objective and hurtful as you need to be. What, what song comes to your you guys' mind? We know Jesse's. We're not talking like Nickelback. Okay, we're not. I mean, yeah. we, no, no, we, no. we the whole to- country is in on the irony of that. It's just you know yeah. we're we're talking about like this is a universally popular song that you just don't like. I yeah. you know what I can't stand. I, I can't stand. Don't stop believing. I think it's a bad song. Gets I get annoyed okay. when it comes on. The Dude. street light people. I, I can't. It, it drives me insane. That is, I, that's a I terrible take, Tyler. Because once those first piano chords hit, dun 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 yeah. dun dun dun. Oh, yeah, that's, I'm already gone. Yeah, yeah same. Yeah. Tyler, sweet Caroline. I don't feel sweet that Caroline. Yeah, sweet Caroline. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. on a cruise ship. Awful. Awful. Really. Any Awful. any diamond I'm down with though I like Anything, Neil Diamond. Well, I'll say this: any song they sing at a stadium that isn't a jock jam, I am not here for. <laughs> I am not here. Stadiums are for oh 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 oh. It's not for sing alongs. It's for chanting. Oh my gosh! It's for chanting and 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 raving like an insane person. Not for a happy go lucky sing along. It's inappropriate oh for that setting. 
<laughs> Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, or you can post your longer lists on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com, and we will read our favorites next week. Hey, many thanks to St. Paul and the Broken Bones for joining us. Their album, Young Sick Camellia, is out now. Go check it out. Also, uh, make sure to check out their feature in the new issue of Relevant. You can view it at relevantmagazine.com, and you can pick up the issue at newsstands nationwide. Thanks to Church Home for sponsoring the podcast. You can download the new Church Home global app uh, wherever you get your apps, the App Store or Google Play. It's spelled Church Home, C-H-U-R-C-H-O-M-E, if you're searching for it, or text RELEVANT to 555-888 for a direct download link. That's RELEVANT to 555-888. Hey, right now it's uh, December 14th. It's not too late to give the gift of RELEVANT for Christmas. Um, it's only $14.99, plus you get an extra 20% off uh, for you to use at the Relevant store when you go to relevantmagazine.com slash give. It's the gift that keeps on giving. They'll get issues all year long uh, for only $14.99. It's a pretty good deal. Um, also, if you're looking for awesome gifts for the podcast super fan in your life, go to store.relevantmagazine.com and check out all the new stuff we've posted uh, just this week. Uh, a bunch of new items were added to the merch and uh, podcast section. So go check those out. Hey, if you haven't heard my new podcast, it's a long form interview show called Unedited. Uh, You can check it out, share it with your friends. This week, uh, my guest was Carl Lentz. Last week was Pete Holmes. Go check it out. We're loving seeing the feedback and people enjoying the new show. Relevantmagazine.com slash unedited, or you can find it wherever you get your podcast. Okay, on that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Tyler Huckabee. And I'm Annie F. Downs. We will see you on Tuesday. Have a good weekend, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from the Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. Oh, 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 oh. Relevant Podcast Network.